the insurance down. I'm the mayor, Heath Sharon, and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super pumped that you guys came to hang out with me today because I got a great guest. I really do. Now, let me tell you real quick. 2021, I've been asked to start doing some uh, mastermind-type meetings, something like that. So I thought what we'd call them is insurance town hall meetings. I get emails and DMs and messages from you guys all the time saying, I'd like to meet so-and-so or, you know, I saw this girl post on this or this guy commented on this, you know, and they want to connect virtually. Let's try to do that. If you're interested in anything like that at all, hit me up, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. I would love to start doing some virtual meetings, introduce you to some of my friends, even on a more personal level than a podcast. Again, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Before I got into my guest today, let me tell you about my friend Tolga Tazel, the owner of Canopy Connect, your one-click solution to get those desperately needed deck pages. You got to have those because they'll get you all the information that you need to get a quote. And sometimes you can accidentally get some commercial stuff in there too, and you'll get not only the deck pages, but you can get lost runs and you can get lost information. Super cool product. App.usecanopy.com backslash my name Heath. Now on to today's show. I got my main man, Mitch Gibson, the young agent with a big show and he's growing a big book. He's over at HRM Insurance in Indiana. He is also the uh, owner of his own show. He's got his own podcast, his own YouTube channel. He's doing big things over there in, in on inside Hancock County. You know, write that down inside Hancock County. Look it up. Check it out. It, it's pretty awesome. I want you to hear his story. So I'm going to shut up and get out of the way. Check it out. Without further ado, my main man, Mitch Gibson. Mitch Gibson. What's happening, my brother? Phenomenal, my man. How about yourself? I am good. I am good. So you got your coffee rolling? Did I see you just refilled on your coffee? Coffee is rolling. We've got the, uh, we have a customer who uh, owns a coffee distributing sales company and we, uh, we get the good old farmer brothers, just black. Yes. Coffee, man. That's the, that's the, that's the go-to every day in the office. That is the jam right there. If I could find a restaurant with Farmer Brothers, I'll stay there for a good extra cup, at least two extra cups, man. That's good stuff. The thing about it is I didn't even know, uh, I, I didn't even like coffee because um, I was so wired anyways. And, you know, get to the insurance business, I was, you know, I, I tried to foo-foo it up, you know, get the lattes and throwing some Kramer in it, you know, just because I was a big sissy and started to learn about coffee and a couple of people that I know, buddies that have their own coffee shops, it's like, dude, learning about it and just taste, you can now taste the different coffee beans that are and it's like holy shit i didn't realize there was this much into coffee and <laughs> but the farmers brothers is, is is the og for the hrm insurance office i can tell you that dude it's it's totally legit man i uh I, i'm adhd uh, and so I, i'm bad you know hyperactive all the time and so i shouldn't drink coffee but i'll i drink it all day long man i love it so uh Talk to me for a minute. Let's introduce yourself to Insurance Town. Let's uh, take a walk down memory lane. Go back as far as you want to. You don't have too far to go. You're about half my age. But you go back as far as you want to and bring me up to where you are today. Yeah, so first off, I appreciate it. Uh, just to slide through and stop by Insurance Town, seeing another city, another town in the in the great insurance industry is the best. And and I do appreciate the opportunity to be able to share my story and um, you know keep doing what we're doing in the industry to, to help share our stories and help other agents, whether they're young, um, going from a different industry or not. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing, Heath, and uh, it's guys like you to make it fun. 
but but to kind of give me give a recap on my career, well, like you said I'm 25 years old, so I haven't had much, but three years of uh, three full years of experience uh, in the in the industry. Uh, been a lot of challenges, a lot to lot to work on, a lot to learn, and I've I've guaranteed myself that there's there's never a day in the insurance business where you don't learn something new. Uh, so that's that's the most enjoyable part of it. But going back, you know, to young Mitch in high school growing up in a community where we were just driven by baseball and that's what we did baseball 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 and you know coming from a baseball family when you you know live and breathe it every single day you think that's that's the dream that's what you want to do I have a cousin who's who's been extremely successful he plays with the texas rangers and you know we all grow up that's what we want to do with life we want to go be a professional athlete uh the only difference between him and myself and my brothers and sister is he's six six and i'm five eight so you know going going to play baseball at the professional level takes a takes a different type of person takes a different type of body takes a different type of uh, of mindset and, and you know but I was not going to give up on that and we went after it and I went was lucky and, and thankful enough to be able to play baseball at Ball State which is a telecommunications school so that's what I went with the school there to do and played baseball there and while I was in school I was bound to work for a country music record label. That's that's what I wanted to go to school for, and that's what I wanted to do after I finished up college. So I had a couple different opportunities. One, um, I, I started, I got an internship with MS Communications, which the best known uh, radio stations there is Hank FM 97.1, and then uh, Dan Dockage's uh, 1070 The Fan. It's it's his affiliate. So I actually got to work beside Dan Dockage for for a couple of years while I worked there. Wanted to get into the sales side of things. But, you know, radio, radio is kind of going downhill, especially broadcast radio. So it's like, you know, for me in five, 10 years, I may not even be able to go sell a radio ad because no one's listening to the ads or re- listening to the radio as much as they are to podcasts, videos, et cetera. Um, which being in the promotions department at the radio station, you worked a lot of events. You were at Colts games, Pacers games, handing out T-shirts, handing out, you know, uh, pins or doing a register to win for a, you know, $250 gift certificate or whatever it was. So a lot of long hours and, you know, you're not making much money in the radio business. I'm just going to tell you that flat out right now. So we were working a Colts game and this is kind of when, when the spark of insurance, you know, kind of popped my eyes, you know, being 20 years old and and having a wife and a, and a daughter when you're night, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old really makes you kind of grow up a lot and, 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 and realize, you you can only make a little amount of money for so long before you know your, your family and life depends on it. So I actually got in a car accident coming home from working in an event. It was icy. Uh, it was just that whole intermediate stage of it raining, temperatures dropping. I slipped through an intersection. I get smoked. You know, I, I had 112 miles on it. I had a 2017 Ford Fusion, brand freaking new. Got it, got it like two days before, total, total. I mean, obviously I'm at fault in that situation, but I didn't know what to do with the claim. And, you know, as I reached out to the people that I'm working with now and kind of just asked for some suggestions, yeah, hey, how, what can I expect in this claim? I'm 21 years old. I don't even know how, you know, how the heck to even go about this, let alone, I just started paying my own car payment. I started paying my own, you know, mortgage, like life smacking me straight in the eyes. And so, you know, with the love, with the love and help from, from, people here at the agency that I'm at now, they kind of helped me through that process, even though I wasn't insured with them. And I'm like, you know what, this is actually a pretty cool, pretty cool business. It's, it's, it's that whole, everybody gets that cliche feel of it's that Jake from State Farm who sits behind his desk 24-7, um, you, you know, answering phone calls, servicing accounts. And, you know, for me, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. So the people on the agency, Alan, Alan Hammonds and Brent Robertson were like, I think you'd be good at this. I think you'd do great. And I'm like, dude, no, I don't. 
I don't want to sit behind a daggone desk all day long. I want to talk to people. I want to help people out. I love music. You know, I just thinking that I was going to find that dream job when I was 21, 22 years old. So as I go through the claims process and, you know, I'm driving home when, when the wife and her mom come pick me up and I've just, you know, shook up one, but two, I'm like, life's done. Like life, I'm, I feel like I'm failing in life. What's my next step? Um, because I did have a couple job opportunities in Nashville working for Warner and Sony. And I didn't, I, I turned those down because one, I'd be traveling a lot. And second thing is it was, Hey, we need you down here tomorrow. We need you down here next week. Pack your stuff up. We're moving. Well, for someone who's 21 years old, who has a wife and a daughter and the community that I live in is I've, I've done nothing but live in that community my whole entire life. So it's like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm going to do, you know, but I can't just move. I can't move away. I'm too attached. So respectfully denied those two job opportunities. And as we were driving home that day from the car accident, I'm sitting there thinking, looking out the window, what, what could I do that is going to give me the satisfaction? I want my job one that I'm not going to have to work a day in my life because I'm in love with it. And two, it's going to, you know, financially help me, you know, provide for my family in the upcoming years. And for some reason, something just clicked like insurance because of what I learned through that claims process. It's like, it's, this is really, really cool. It's not what I think insurance is. So two owners of the agency and I sat down, local restaurant down the street here, and, you know, they kind of explained to me what the job entails, what you're, what you're going to do, what they're about, how they're different from 95% of other agencies, which they are, we're, diff- we're very unique. And it didn't take me but 20 seconds after they asked me and I said, yes, you know, it was just, it was determined to happen. Like, okay, I'm doing it. Just like probably 95% of the other insurance agents in the world don't expect to get in the insurance business unless they are grown, you know, grew up in it and mom and dad are making them do that. Uh, we don't usually ever find ourselves in the insurance business and those who do end up loving it. And that's kind of where I've been at now. So, you know, I guess we can kind of get into more conversations on, on what I'm doing and, and how I'm trying to differentiate myself yeah. from other agents I surround. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a luck of the draw. It was, it was life kind of felt like it was going downhill uh, for a quick second. One, just being, you know, young and having uh, two kids now, right? you know, having two, having a five-year-old and a two-year-old, it's just, when all my other friends are out having a good time partying, you know, doing their thing, you know, social gatherings and stuff in that nature is I couldn't go, you know, so it was, you know, forced with me to grow up, um, both me and the wife and, and life just hit us quicker growing up than, than the average 24, 25 year old. And I couldn't be more blessed about it because it's really helped me prepare myself for the position I'm in right now working and two, uh, for, for the, for the longevity of my career and, and where we're, where we're going and where our plans are. Yeah, man, no, that's uh that's a cool story. And I, you know, I, I grew up in the industry uh, as a second generation insurance professional. Um, and I still tried not to get into it <laughs> as, um, as it wasn't something that was on my radar either to say, man, I really want to, to be an insurance agent, you know, but now 20 years later, I love it. And, you know, talk about Jake from State Farm a minute ago. I think it's funny that they've upgraded Jake from State Farm to a, from a little guy in a cubicle that was overweight, you know, no athletic ability at all to now this buff athletic looking guy hanging out with athletes. <laughs> right. Hang over at Chris, hanging out with Chris Paul all day long. That's right. Yeah, they've definitely churched him up a little bit, made him uh, a lot cooler. So, but, uh, you know, we're still insurance nerds and it's still not the coolest thing ever. But I love the insurance industry uh, just as much as the next guy. So as you got started, you know, in the insurance agency, did you start off as a producer uh, or did you start off in a different role and work your way into the production side? Or when you start off, talk to me about that a minute. Yeah. yeah. So when I started off, I'm, I'm, and I still am. So I am considered a producer. 
and the, the difference in when I say what makes our, our office unique and different from others. Okay. You think of a lot of young, young producers stepping into an agency and say, hey, here's your launch pail and, and, and work hat go sell insurance. Here's your commission. Here's what you're bound to make. Okay. Um, it's, it's actually, it's on your shoulders to decide how much money you want to make in a year. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm one of those people who, when I commit to something like a job or my career, I don't just want to be thrown into the wolves to, to, to one, either be left, left hungry or two not learn anything about it. So with, with when I was making my decision on what I wanted to do, I know I needed someone that was going to add value to me and help me learn because I didn't know like a thing about insurance. Okay. I still don't know like a thing about insurance because there's so much, so much stuff to learn and so much more to learn. Um, but, but, but not knowing anything, I didn't just want to go to, to, to that local place and apply and, you know, or you're going to get a base $30,000 commission, anything you bring in, you'll get, you know, 10% off of, okay. Also 10% off off of whatever the agency gets commission wise. So at the end of the day, you, you know, for, for depending on the size of policy you write and, and, and um, class of business you write, you, you may not get much. So, I mean, you really are hustling. So, but, but I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. With our agency, we've got seven employees, two agency principal owners, a pers- three, three personal lines and commercial line CSRs, and then two other producers who aren't, you know, agency owners. So realistically there's four, producers that get out and sell in our office, including the two principal owners, which those guys have done their due diligence for the last 30 years and uh, have done a great job and don't have to go out and, and bust their balls nonstop now. Um, but so when I got started, it was, you know, I'm not going to lie, just like everybody else, it, I struggled with the, with the whole insurance learning situation. It was just, you're, you, know, you sit down for a week and you learn about the insurance business and then you go take the test and, you know, for someone who might not be a good test taker, you could, you know, you could fail a couple of times. Um, but that magic thing of going and getting it is the first thing. Cause, cause if you're going with finding yourself an agency, that's going to add value and help you learn the process and learn the business. That's, that's what you need. And, and that's where I was at. I mean, I've, I've got two agency principal owners and everybody in this office who's had a wealth of knowledge, um, I mean, there's probably between four employees in here uh, over 100, 100 years of of insurance knowledge between them all. So, you know, it's more when I stepped in foot in the office, took me by the, you know, took me by the arms, took me by the shoulders and sat me down and said, here's, here's way we've done it. Here's what I want you to learn. I want you to try this. I want you to try that. And, you know, it's just, it's been it's been a heck of a heck of a heck of an experience for me because I think if I was to be thrown into the, into the you know world of going out and hustling and, and knocking down doors and, and everything like that, seven days a week, you know, I won't, I wouldn't learn the things that I need to do or the things I needed to learn to, you know, be successful in this career many years to come. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I'm not going to get into the financial situation on, 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 on that and commissions and stuff, but you know, we're just, we're different in the aspect of we care one or our biggest thing is, is the service service aspect. And two, for all of us to become, you know, exceptional learners in the insurance business, because if we're exceptional insurance learners and we're, we're, our knowledge is better than the agent down the street, the chances are we've got a better chance because we are more prepared. We know what classification of business we, we can identify if there is a class that's, that's wrongly classified on their workers comp, whatever it could be, you know, we're different in that aspect of it. Um, so I love that, you know, we, we speak highly on, you know, making sure that our retention, I mean, obviously retention is huge, but retention should be massively huge for your, for your business. I mean, I don't care if it's, if it's a, a customer who might not fit your guys' appetite or who to do business with, make them. I mean, be, be that person that keeps them around, add value to them. 
So it's, a re- it's that adverse reaction, finding me an agency that's going to add value to myself, and then I can add value to them. And then when I get customers, they're calling you for insurance. So what can you do to add value to that person or that business that you're helping write or, you know, work on their insurance policy? So, uh, you know, producer, agency principal, CSR, whatever it is, I think we all fit in that same category of right. needing to become more knowledgeable. And we do. Um, and, and that's what makes our, ag- our agency so unique and, and what has made me fall in love with the insurance business. Um, my boss always told me, give it, give it three years, give it three years and then decide. Don't give it a year. Don't give it two years. First year is all about learning and still probably not knowing what to do. Second year should be out going at it strong. Third year should be going at it strong, trying to beat last year's numbers, whatever it is. And then you decide, is this the right thing for me? And that's the part about the industry. Now, you can see me in my, in my, uh, my listeners know if they've seen me enough, I've got this gray beard, but I haven't always had this gray beard. I started off 21, 22 years old, young cat, you know, knocking doors, pick up the phone, you know, uh, trying to get commercial clients. And uh, it was tough for me because uh, back then, when, uh, we were talking about earlier off air, baby faced, you know, it's hard to get people to take you real seriously and buy insurance from the young cat. Being a young producer and being a young agent at, at, at 21, you know, as you would say, even, you know, in your 20s still, uh, you probably still run some of that. But then we're going to get into this here in a minute. Don't fast forward too much because I want to get into what you're doing now for prospecting. But when you first started and you're first getting into it as a young producer, you know, how difficult was that for you at 20, 21, 22, whatever that was? trying to get people to take you seriously? Well, I think it was, I mean, extremely difficult. Um, One is as an agent feeling comfortable enough to know the product enough to go out and sell it. I can go, I guarantee you, if you told me to go make friends with that neighbor down the street or whoever it is, I can go make friends with that person. That's not an issue at all. Okay. But to go to somebody like, let's just say a manufacturer or a woodworking shop and you walk in, they may not know, not know who who you are at all or never even seen your face. Um, and you tell them, hey, I'm Joe Schmo with HRM Insurance Company, and you know we specialize in blah 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 blah. You're either one not going to get past that lady at the front desk, or two, you're going to get shut down because you look like you're 12 years old and you don't know a thing about insurance. Because everybody in the insurance agency or insurance industry, majority in my county, is over the age of 50, 45, 50, easily. I'm just telling. You, I mean, that's just the truth because they've been in business for so long, and other agents haven't trickled in enough yet to. To, to get comfortable enough to, to go out and sell or work work in the insurance industry. So, I mean, I've ran into it a couple of times uh, where where I've gotten the meeting or I've gotten the appointment because of uh, either a referral or somebody that I've known um, said, hey, you need to give this guy a call. He's just complaining about his workers' comp insurance. Okay, that's easy. I can I can have that conversation with him and, and sit down, schedule a meeting to sit down with him. But when I go with him or go sit down with him and go through a proposal or go through, um, you know, his his, his experience mod mod and, and why he's got, you know, he's a, he's a one, two because of his, you know, because of someone tripping over a pallet or cutting their finger off of the saw or whatever it could be. And, and I could, I can impress them all I want, but when they look at you and see that you've only been in the insurance business for one year, two years, and you can't throw any, any other big companies like theirs that you have insured, there's a good chance, no matter how great your policy looks, number wise, price wise, um, that they're probably going to say, we're going to pass or, Hey, maybe let's look at this next year. And when they say let's maybe let's look at this next year, that's probably because they wanted to see if you're still, still in the insurance business. You're exactly right. And, 100%. and what's funny, you know, I, I interviewed David Carruthers. I don't know if you know him or not, but yeah. several, uh, I guess by a month or two back, and he said something, he says it every week on his own show, I believe, that you're the only one who believes you don't belong. You know, they've already accepted the meeting. They've already, you know, took the meeting with you. So if you're a young producer listening and you're cold calling 
and they accept the meeting or they say, yeah, we'll take a Zoom call or face-to-face, whatever, they already believe you belong. So you got to get out of your own damn head and say, okay, I do belong here. I can hang with these people no matter how old you are, especially nowadays with Zoom calls. It's a little easier um, because, you know, uh, it doesn't take as long. They'll take the meeting and uh, you can show off a little bit that way. Um, and so I think that's great uh, to hear that. Now, as you were going through uh, and, you know, you were learning some of this and growing, and uh, you talked about having a, a media background. You started doing something interesting that uh, I've been preaching and other guys, Bradley and Jason Cass, some of these other guys have been preaching to do, and you're actually doing that. I want to get into that a little bit because I'm excited about it because uh, I've been trying to find someone like you to bring on the show to say, you know, you want to grow in a niche, you want to grow your business, start a podcast. And my brother, you did that. And um, I, I, I told you this morning, I woke up five o'clock this morning watching several episodes. And I was like, this dude's got it. He's 25 years old and he's already building authority. Talk to me about that a little bit. I think I think you just said it right on the head. The biggest word is building the authority. And if, if you're not finding something to build authority of who you are and your brand, um, you're, and I'm talking about your personal brand. Okay. Forget who you're working for. Forget whatever. If you don't have your personal brand or identifying your personal self of what you are and what your beliefs and, and aspirations are, you're going to lose. Okay. Because if, if you just like the whole thing in a relationship, if you're not happy and that other person is not happy, it's not going to work. It takes two for it to work. Same thing here. It takes yourself who you should make yourself happy and you should know who your beliefs and what you're doing. Okay. The second part of that is is this execution of the brand. Okay, you can't have you can't know what yourself is and what you're about and expect to execute a brand. Come okay, on now. So, Twenty five so, years old, bro, dropping knowledge. Truth so, belongs. So about about a year ago, January, um, right before COVID smacked us straight in the face and we, we had to kind of react. I didn't know even anything about the insurance guys podcast or any insurance podcast. That's how that's how blind I was by this is the way or no way type of deal, right? So I'm sitting there and, you know, we can talk all day long about marketing and different ways to brand and different ways to do this. And actually, I, when I was, when you called me this morning, we FaceTimed, I showed you that, that thing that I got from an underwriting company that sent me and it was probably a $10, $10 marketing piece of crap that was just a wasted, you know, there's, there's 20,000 ways to skin the cat. It's just depending on which one fits you the best, right? So I'm sitting there thinking, what? I'm missing something. I'm missing something. And, and I went through some things with the, with the wife and, and, you know, went through some things financially back in 2019 end of, you know, middle and end of 2019. It just was kind of, it was kind of crazy and nuts. Something I've never experienced before. And it, and I'm glad I went through it at 25 because come January of 2020, it made me wake up and realize I'm missing, I'm missing that, that piece of, of what I should be doing on my day-to-day life work personally, and baseball. So I use baseball for example because I coach I coach a certain way to my kids. I coach a really competitive travel baseball organization. This year I got 15 year olds. Last year I had 17 year olds, and I took those dudes from 15 to seven. And out of those 21 guys we have on the had on the roster, we we 19 of them have already signed their national letter of intent. So I've got two two waiting for that 2021 class left. But you know I sit back and I look and I teach my kids when I'm coaching a certain way, but I wasn't living my lifestyle that same way or doing that in my in my day to day job and back to those four things was I needed to come up with my own personal brand and develop my myself, build my identity, which eventually will build my authority of what I'm about and what I'm doing. Okay. That can stick with me throughout my next 15, 20 years uh, of, of work. 
so so I I don't know how the heck I did that. I think I just Googled like insurance videos or insurance marketing ideas for 2020, you know, trying to make, make yourself and, bigger and Bradley and Flowers pops up. Bradley Flowers popped up. And of course I start listening to it and start watching some stuff. And obviously I was big into watching, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and oh, yeah. know, beginning to learn about how that relationship with them started. So I actually, actually reached out to Bradley via Facebook messenger. I'm like, Oh God, this big cat's not going to, message me back and I just wanted to grab 20 minutes of his time to kind of learn get some ideas bundled around of what I should be doing you know whatever so Bradley we, we talked for for a few minutes about specific different things about my personal brand versus what I should be doing in the insurance business to what I should what what my goals and what I wanted to do so rewind just a hair before I reached out to Bradley, you know, back to the whole coaching thing. I'm sitting there thinking, what are the things that I teach that I can help myself with? I think that's where we get a lot of us can say a bunch of stuff and can, can mean a bunch of things and can be the best positive speaker in the world, but they may not live the way that they're speaking or the way that they're teaching. So that woke me up because I wasn't taking care of the things in my life that I, that should have been taken care of. Um, with my tight knit circle, but I was teaching my kids the formula that of my whole entire life of what I needed to do. I think there's four things that we can control. And I teach my kids this. Okay, this, this requires no talent. This requires nothing at all with how great you are at baseball, what you are as a pitcher, how good your two-seamer is, how good your sinker is, whatever it could be, your batting average. You can throw that all out the window because there's four things that you can control day in and day out. Passion, enthusiasm, attitude, and effort. Okay, those four things take no talent at all. Those are things that you can control. So I'm teaching my kids this, but I'm not living like that. I'm always that happy-go-lucky person. But there were some days that I wasn't bringing passion to the office. There were some days I wasn't very enthusiastic to wake up. There were some days I wasn't very, um, I didn't have enough energy to go do what I wanted to do. And then at the end of the day, you want know, the passion, enthusiasm, attitude, and effort. Some days you finish the day and you're like, oh, I'm done. Okay, but you needed that little boost of effort to get through the next couple hours because you have to get some things done at home, whatever it could be. So I regrouped and thought of just, you know, what I now have, I wish I'd have worn the shirt, but it's got, it's, I've created this MG, Mitch Gibson. It's, it looks like kind of like a crown. It's kind of a cool little thing. Yeah. So I've seen it. I've seen it. It looks good, man. It looks so real good. I, I identified who Mitch Gibson is as a person. And you had people that were like, oh, you quit posting shit with your MG logo on it. You do this. You do it. Okay. But I'm doing it for a reason because it, it was helping me. Okay. Yep. You have to be selfish sometimes. It's got to help you identify who you are and for others to identify what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, back to what I said a little bit ago, people are going to buy insurance from Mitch Gibson. They'll get the, you will get the referral because of the agency and who we've been, but they're going to buy from that person who, who, who they know most about, or that person who's adding value to the community to themselves. So we talk about the community. Let's fast back forward again to Bradley and I's conversation. I told Bradley, I'm like, Hey, he didn't know who I was really from, from the pain on the wall. And he says, well, what, what do you want to do? I said, I like your podcast. I said, I, and to be honest with you, I said, I didn't want to talk anything or do anything about insurance because people get, I don't know about you, but I hate watching Liberty Mutual commercials on TV, I, I, State Farm commercials on TV. People just, the amount of people that just get boarded by insurance or, you know, that they get a letter in the mail from the local insurance agent saying, hey, let me quote your auto insurance. Hey, that's immediately ripped and thrown in the trash. 15, um, 15 minutes and save 15%? Correct. Well, 15 minutes also could save you or could lose you $200,000 of because your liability limits are state minimum. I mean, Boom. I'm just saying, I'm just saying if, if you wanted me to beat your auto insurance premium, I guarantee you I could, I'd put $1,000 on it that I'd beat the insurance premium. Okay. People will say, Oh, well, how can you do that? 
okay, well, I can do that anyways. I can lower your liability limits and put you at risk, or I can, you know, whatever it may be. There's, there's ways to do it. So that's not, but it's a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lie. It's almost like it's, they're lying to you. Okay. And that's, that's where we started from the beginning of you can get really, the insurance industry in a whole gets a really bad name because of things like what we just talked about with the 15 yep. minutes. No, 15 you're, you're 100% right. 100%. So Bradley, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I want to start a podcast. I like what you're doing. I said, but I still know where to start. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know who to, who I'm going to target. Um, then he got, went into starting about, what do you like? I said, I love my community. Okay. And he goes, what, what's your, and the interest is, what do you go after? What do you sell? I said, I write both personal and commercial lines, but I focus primarily on commercial lines. He sits there and pauses for about three seconds. And I wish I would have recorded this. I wish he would have recorded it. He may have, I don't know. And he goes, Local podcast highlighting local businesses. Go. <laughs> Sounds about right. I said, "What in the heck are you talking about? How how, yeah. how am I going to do that? Well, I don't even have a mic. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what to do." Yep. So he sits there and starting to you know come up with some different ideas of of what we could call it, or you know starts coming up with ideas of you know cheap ways to get a microphone or whatever. Because I'm 24 year old Mitch. Don't have you know I'm not. I'm not making six figures and, and driving a Porsche and all that good shit like like Jason Cass has got. Um, but <laughs> but but at the end of the day, you know, while he's sitting there coming up with his ideas, and it finally clicked. It was like boom. Bradley's telling me to do that because what I'm doing is I'm taking my county, I'm highlighting local businesses, which gives me the chance to talk to him and get my foot in the door to talk to him about insurance. It's genius. Yep. So so from from there, I did. I started the Inside Hancock County podcast, and dude, it's it's now it's now grown to, to a way where people are like, well, who's, who's your next guest? What's come, you know, I can't wait and to that's watch this gotta show. feel cool sitting in the local and, coffee shop. And someone's asking you who you doing next. And I saw you actually interviewed the local coffee shop guy. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're I, in the that, barber shop and the guy, Hey, who's your next guest? I saw him on your show. Um, and guys, if, if you're looking for some ideas or looking for, you know, something to look at, look for his podcast. I'll give you a little quick plug, but keep going with your story. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, you know, we, I'm then I haven't done as much so now okay, because it's going to happen here soon, but, but that gives you the opportunity. One, you've got to grow that podcast up. You've got to grow your audience. You got to grow what the, the brand, the identity and the authority behind of what you're doing. So I wanted at least to make sure my first 10 to 15 guests were people that were going to help me build that authority because of who they are in the community, because of who they're following are and what their beliefs and aspirations are. Because I don't want to have somebody on the show who might not have the same beliefs in the community or the, because this is what it's about. The community is a thing that's a, it's a complete circle. It goes around. Whatever, if you spend money in local businesses, local businesses are going to be able to put money in those not-for-profits pockets, which are going to help with the community, the, the individuals in the community as a whole. Or, you know, by shopping local businesses, it's going to help put money back in the community for new roads, things of that nature. So people don't, didn't understand the importance of shopping local businesses. So as a way for me to get that, that, that message out to people in the community about how important it is to support those local businesses for times like COVID, when COVID hits and you need to support those local businesses a little bit more, um, which is, I think, was a great timing for me to launch that show was because people were struggling and going through some things. And for me to have, you know, that local coffee shop who might not have as many customers um, to have him on, to be able to help throw him some, some, some business or whatever it was. Um, and, and we don't talk a lick about insurance on the show for a specific reason, because that's not what it's about. It's about me adding value to someone else's business in return gives me value because I've gained a relationship. I've helped that guy understand who I am as a person, both as a businessman and as a family man and as a coach.
So he understands what my beliefs are and what I'm doing by building that relationship on the show, which in return, I can then go back to him. If he hasn't already brought it up, brought it up to me, I can go back to him and talk to him about, Hey, since I've had you on the show, um, my full-time gig is this. I, I'm an insurance producer. Uh, but, I focus on commercial insurance and I can go ask him for a chance to maybe look at his declarations pages. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, you know, one of the things that I know, you know, because we talked about it, but one thing I want the audience to hear, if you're thinking about doing something like this on the show, when you're interviewing these folks, you're not talking insurance at all. Your mm-hmm. whole thing on this inside Hancock County is to highlight them. And what business owner doesn't like talking about themselves or doesn't like talking about their business? So again, those out there thinking, oh, I don't know anything about insurance. I don't want to talk about insurance on a podcast, people. You're not even talking about insurance. You're just talking about them. And then afterwards, you probably don't even have to say, I need your deck pages. They probably say, Mitch, what do you do? Is this your full-time gig? What do you really do? What's going on? Am I right? That is exactly. And that's that's it. I haven't, I haven't one time asked for a chance to look at their insurance policy. Out of the 28 episodes I've got now, I've recorded 30. I've quoted 90% of them, the guests, whether it's a personal account or their business account. I wrote 75% of them. That's Tell a me where you closing ratio. You yeah, hear that, insurance me. agents? That's a beautiful closing ratio off of recording a podcast, not even mentioning insurance. He's closing at 75%. Listen up on that. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so in re- which, which at the end of the day, the biggest thing that you're doing there is building the authority. Okay? 100%. And, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's not just the podcast that does it. It's how you use the content within the podcast that's going to help you build that authority. Okay. So you got to think, here's the best way to take an example of a local coffee shop who's extremely, extremely successful. They've got probably, I would say, close to 3,500 to 4,000 followers on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. They've got about probably 1,000 to 1,500 followers on Instagram. That's where I do the best is on those two platforms. Okay. So when I, when I have a, a 45 minute episode with the local coffee shop company or business, I'm going to ask him questions like the ones that are being asked today. What is it that got you there? When you go, when you go through struggles, what is it that helped you overcome that adversity? What is it that even the things of what is your favorite thing to do? What's your, here's the best one. that I, my favorite question I ask on my show with local podcast guests, what's your favorite local restaurant? and favorite local place to shop in the community. That right there gives me three businesses yep. tag in one post. Oh, yeah. And I guarantee all three of the businesses will share it. Oh, which 100%. Is then, correct. Which is then going to give the chance for them to probably click on who in the hell just posted that. Mitch Gibson. When they see my face plastered on all the videos, they're going to click on my personal page because I tap, I tag my personal self in every single video. They're going to tap on it, follow me, see what I'm about, see my pretty pictures of my family, my goats, our dogs, our cats, um, just how adorable the two little kids are. And then they're going to say, oh, he's an insurance agent. Whoa, so the, I got to back you up a minute. Did you say goats? We do Let, have let's, two, we, let's detour goat. a minute. What the hell? A goat? You got goats? So, so we do have goats. So we moved out to Knightstown, which is an even countryer town than what people would say Greenfield's country, which it's really not. But, but we moved into Knightstown. We got a farmhouse with a, with a barn out back and with, with like five acres. It's like, what, what are we going to do? Well, the kids aren't very, I can just tell you right now, the kids probably aren't going to play sports. They're not the most athletic things in the world and they're very clumsy, but who knows? I'm not going to try to make that now, but still wanted to keep them involved in doing something. So we're going to try to do the old 4-H thing and letting the kids show these goats. So we've got, we've got three 
pygmy goats that are just absolutely adorable. Um, they're in the barn, they go out back and roam the grass, all that good stuff. And they're, they're our little pets. They're, they're, they're awesome. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Okay. The last question on the detour, and then we'll go back to your story. I think it's fascinating, but you haven't done goat yoga yet. Have you? No, but I damn near might be a good business to try to start. Right. I'm I've heard that. You, I'm just telling you it's super popular. It really <laughs> is. Okay. That's hilarious. So, Sorry, ADHD moment. There's squirrels running around. So, um, okay, back to what you were talking about and back to the show. Now, I think that's smart. You're tagging restaurant owners. You're tagging yourself. You're tagging the guests. You've got, you know, automatically you're building, you know, authority within that. Now, you know, and you may already do this, but I'm thinking with your inside Hancock County, you could do your own best of the best, uh, or you could do your own list of top 10 restaurants in Hancock County, or you could do whatever top 10 printers or whatever it may be you could highlight your own things or you could go if you're you're a baseball guy you already talked about you can go give out the game ball at the local baseball game or the game ball at the football stadium i saw you interviewed your local high school football coach there you know i think there's a whole lot you could do right there and you know steal some ideas from mitch you know listen to this right here um i want you to continue on i didn't mean to detour you on the goats but that was fascinating sorry (laughs) No, you're fine. And, and I'm it's just, that's part of it. Like I, I want people to know that, like, I want them to know what I am, what the things I have going on outside, what it is that brings me so much passion about coaching baseball to insurance, to my goats, to my family, whatever it may be, because people want to know that type of stuff. If you're posting a, a little, little graphic on Facebook or Instagram saying, you know, Hey, <laughs> 50, you know, 15 minutes can save 15% or more on car insurance or Hey, you know, we're offering free quotes. Okay. I'm sorry, but in this day and age, everybody knows that insurance is doing free quotes. Okay. Everybody, everybody does free quotes. So it's not just some promotion item that they're doing. People want to, people would rather see a picture of you doing something community. People would rather see a picture of you and your kids, your, your daughter or son sitting in your work chair and making sure there's an HRM insurance logo or whatever you're doing in the backdrop yeah. of it somewhere. People would rather see that. So that's why, that's, that's no, why it's super important. You're exactly right. One that. of the things that I love that you do as again, I noticed uh, watching your videos, uh, tell the audience real quick, uh, my audience, who's one of your big sponsors and what are you doing with that you know, local sponsor? Yeah. So what's, what's been awesome is the, the growth of the show. So, you know, you have your hosting platform, which mine would be lips and you can tell how many downloads and listens you've had per episode per month, all time, et cetera. Uh, which, which a lot of people is that's their big selling point. Um, where, where I get the most reach and most touch and views is on, on Instagram and Facebook for me, YouTube. I think the best video I've had is almost 400 likes. Okay. But that YouTube video that had 400, uh, views on, on YouTube has also reached almost 40,000 people because of the other platforms. And then most recently, about uh, probably five months ago, a local nine-star connect, which is a television network utility company in Hancock County, did provide internet cable services. Um, massive, massive company. They now are showing my episodes every Saturday and Sunday. So that's that's another place, another avenue of medium where my shows are being 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 put out there in the community. And the good thing about Nine Star is they don't go outside of the Hancock County, at least the Hancock County or even surrounding counties. That's as far as they they have their company going utility wise and cable and internet um but that's great because that's who i want to target with this that's who i want to target with insurance i want to be that local guy that writes most of the businesses in, in hancock county because of who i am and what i'm doing 
So I didn't even think about looking for a show sponsor because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to make money off of it. If it happened, it happened. Like I really didn't care because what I was trying to do is I just was trying to help the community learn about the businesses and the leaders that are behind it. Cause a lot of times we don't understand or even know who the leaders are um, that, that run that business. Um, and then in return might give me a chance to help, help out, help them out in the insurance game. So about two months, about a month ago, um, I interviewed a local real estate agent who I went to high school with. He's a few years older than I am, but he just became the new GM at Remax. And, you know, you talk about having good referral partner relationships. I knew that that was an episode I couldn't, that that needed to be really, really sharp and really good because people who buy houses need what? Homeowner's insurance. Okay. So that was a way for me with him just coming back into Indiana and being a real estate agent for me to continue to build that relationship with him. So when it, when he had a customer that didn't have a relationship with an insurance agent, or this might be a first time home buyer that Mitch Gibson came to his mind immediately. So had him on the show. He knew what I was doing. He loved what I was doing with the show. Um, he was trying to change the culture and some things around at Remax with, you know, all of his agents doing more video work, whatever it could be. So he reached out to me and was like, Hey, I've got a deal we would make with you on a studio because I one was tired of taking my equipment everywhere. I, I just wanted to have a place where I could sit down in the evening times or in the morning and get it done. Um, and he goes, we'll give you a space in the office rent free if you let our agents and myself use the studio to record anything that we need. I said, great, but I'm not putting a camera in there. That's uh, just that that's the biggest piece of the pie there. I use my phone. I'm, there's no reason for me to go buy it. So in return, I let them use the studio and then they have a Remax Realty Group backdrop in my episodes. Perfect. Saves me money. And at the end of the day, I'm helping somebody else who's going to end up helping me. In return, I've gotten business out of it because those Remax agents who use studio and find out who I am, they're going to refer the business to me because I'm going to write their insurance. And then most recently, um, I sit on the board of directors as the board president at our local homeless shelter. And we have a thrift, thrift store. Uh, the money made in the thrift store is 75% of the operation of the operating budget of the homeless shelter. Okay. Which it's, there's a pretty good budget put together there, but that's where we get the money to help operate. They hope the homeless shelter side to help clothes, feed, um, to help them get right back, right back on the right track to, to, to success and, and happiness. So I reached out to them, um, sat down with Andrea, the, 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 uh, executive director, because I love working with not-for-profits. Insurance and not-for-profits is one of my favorite things to do. So, and she was your first guest ever, too. Correct, yes. But I didn't have video at that point in time. So she was my first guest ever. See, I listen. I, I love it, Heath. I love it. Um, and I told her, I go, how much, where, where's our marketing dollars going? Because we need to keep, we need to get more people, drive more people to the thrift store to spend more money. That's what we need to do. Get, get the operating budget, you know, so we weren't having to worry about going and finding so many donors. And I said, here's the numbers that I'm reaching on my podcast. I said, I'd cut you a heck of a deal if you if you want to be the exclusive sponsor of the Hope House Thrift Shop. Um, and that that you guys can be the show sponsor for a year. Okay. She said, Oh my God, that'd be great. It'd be amazing. And then I started sharing the numbers with her, who we're reaching, where we're reaching, age, what we're doing. It was a it was a no brainer. Okay. And it wasn't just because they're driven to the ears, the listen, the people listening to it on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the people that were scrolling through social media, people that were uh, you know, scrolling through videos on my social media. Because at the end of the day, every single time that I'm posting something on my personal page and it's a video, it's gonna have the Hope House logo in the back background of it and they're gonna see it. So that was a that was a no brainer for her. And at the end of the day, it was a no brainer for me because I'm passionate about the Hope House and I want the Hope House to succeed. So using my medium to help them out was was a no brainer. It's a great way for me to give back in a non tangible way. 
So, um, so it's great. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're already affecting um, the community by helping the hope house. You're already affecting people that are moving into town because you've got Remax involved. And, you know, I'm also thinking Remax, who do they deal with as well? Mortgage lenders. lenders. Exactly. Which is another great uh, refer- referral source for you, for the agency. And, you know, it's just a way agents that are listening, young or old, this dude's 25 or you could be 75 and you could do this. The other thing I want you to talk about for a minute um, because it's one thing for them to hear it from me or from Cass or Bradley or whatever, but I want to hear it from you. Um, hopefully you'll back me up on this. If not, lie for me for a minute. I'm kidding. But so people ask me, I'm on, you're my 40th episode now. Um, I've been doing it, you know, about the same time. I started in April, actually. And um, people ask me all the time, you know, Heath, how do you have time to do that and do insurance and take care of your kids and do all the other things in community you're doing? They just assume by putting together these videos and podcasts and posts that it takes you eight hours a day. But the beautiful thing about it is it doesn't take that long. No, not at all. Back me up on this. You're correct. And same thing goes here because I've had my, uh, other than this is probably the first episode I've ever, or podcast I've been on that I've never, it's been during while my operating hours are. Okay. Um, And I'm okay with that. But people think, if you hold on a second, I guess the better better way to track this question or about to answer this. If you think that you're going to be successful and work nine to five, you're wrong. Okay. That when I save it, it's in a great format. So then when I post it out, it's in a great format. I'm not saying it's going to take you 25 minutes if this is your first video or first episode you're ever going to do, but there's a quick and easy way to do that and be efficient without spending hundreds of dollars a month. Yeah. If you have the hundreds of th- if you have the hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. Then go do one of go to the wegotyourpodcast.com and and uses cast cast yeah. platforms. But there's ways to do it. There's ways that you can be creative without spending money if you're willing to learn. And I think no, we can, and I think when I, when we go through Heath and I are going to do some one on one here in a little bit to talk to try to help him out with some things. And you know we might I might see if Heath minds if I record that and we can kind of show you uh, yeah. a way of what we've you know how we can how you can create a video and use it for audio to have a podcast and be nice clean and efficient and not taking you too much time so that's the big thing is people think it takes so much time but if you're prepared and you've learned it won't it won't take in my eyes maybe two to three hours a week to have pieces of content clipped different you know the episode clipped and ready to be put out and a video that you can put on youtube video that you can share on facebook videos that you can share on instagram it doesn't take that much but you've got to be prepared and be willing to learn and i think that's where where this insurance podcasting industry has gone is it's helped everybody learn efficient and more better ways to become successful and better use of your time and what I love about it. No, you're exactly right. And that's the thing. You can do this podcast in a short amount of time and you don't have to necessarily even talk insurance if you don't want to. Um, The other thing is um, you don't have to do what he's done with your local town uh, or your local county you could pick a specific niche within HVAC or restaurants or contractors or whatever it may be. Uh, like I said, though, or like he just said, is be prepared for that and take care of that. And, you know, Mitch is one of those people, myself, Bradley, some of these other people, Cass, reach out to those people, talk to him. Mitch is going to give his contact info at the end. I'm going to make him. And I want you to reach out to these kind of people and I'm going to ask him about it because you can build an authority. If you're sitting here listening to this in your car or while you're walking the dog or running down the treadmill or whatever, face-to-face meetings, they may or may not come back on a regular basis. But I don't think Zoom's going anywhere anytime soon. 
I don't think this virtual meeting settings going anywhere anytime soon. Also, don't think um, that the way we're doing business now, I think it's going to continue to accelerate this way. So why not do the podcast thing? Why not do the YouTube thing? Why not do those kind of things? If you're thinking about doing it, you need to. I'm so thankful that my wife pushed me as hard as she did. And my buddy Ryan Evans pushed me as hard as he did to say, all right, it's time to stop talking about it and do it. Start your podcast. And again, I started mine in the insurance industry because I love this industry and I want to help you guys, the agent and the company rep and the claims guy. But if you're like Mitch and you want to grow your business and using podcasts, that platform, you could do that. Yeah. Here's another piece of that. And we talked, Keith, Keith, you and I talked about this a little bit before we got on the show was don't just, don't just use the time that you're using to record an audio podcast. Okay. So that would be a great, if you're just not starting something, it's a great time for you to learn the video aspect of it. Like I told Heath, if you've got a, and I know we all, some people might have older iPhones, but an iPhone even iPhone 8, I mean, 10 plus, iPhone 10 and up, they shoot 4K video, okay? So you've already got that, you've already got that aspect of it. If you're hopping on a Zoom call here, you can record those. That's an episode, okay? That's an episode. Record it. Don't just record the audio aspect of it because one, you'll learn how to be better at interviewing because you can go back and listen to it and watch yourself. Two, that's another avenue, a piece of content that you can post on social. And three, people would rather watch something, one to two minute video on Facebook and Instagram, than they would just listening to it, okay? So being able to be better with your social media while using the opportunity, we all have great conversations throughout the day. I hope at one point I'll have somebody follow me around for a couple of months and just video it so I can have conversations similar to what Bradley's doing with making the donuts. I mean, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's just extra pieces of content that has nothing to do with him asking, can I buy insurance for you? No, he's making the insurance agent better. He's wanting people to understand who Bradley is. So when they call Portal Insurance, they know who they're buying insurance from, not just from the name of the business. So that's, that is kind of the end all be all for, don't just use a podcast just to give information out. Use this as a way for you to learn and a way for you to create stuff and content out of it. Because Sometimes just posting insurance content's not going to work. Like Hanley. Hanley posts at least an insurance. He's, he's, he's really damn good at doing that. Yeah. But he'll tell you, he might not get maybe four to six likes on Facebook about it. But it's okay because it gives him a place. He uses YouTube as his hub of videos to where he can send somebody to YouTube and they can scroll through if they're looking about workers' comp insurance and can click on that video if they want to watch it. Or it's a place on his website where he can put that video. He's just sharing it just in case it runs into that one person. People think I've got to get 400,000 shares. But it may just it may just take that one contractor who owns an excavating company that sees Hanley's post on how to save money on workers' comp insurance. He's probably going to call Hanley if it if it if it if it clicks to him and that video really really attracted him. That that might be a sixty seventy thousand dollar commercial lines account. Okay, that took six minutes to do a video for Hanley. Hanley posted it and it saw one person and that's it did yeah. its job. It's just getting in front of the right two hundred people or the right three people or the right whatever. And that's one of the things you and I talked about early on. You know, I don't know how many times when I first started this, I took down videos off of YouTube because I was embarrassed after a couple of weeks. It only got 10 or 12, you know, views or likes or whatever. I thought, whatever, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm going to be embarrassed by this. And I took it down. I wish I wouldn't have. Because even going back and looking at early, even Hanley videos or myself or cast of these early stuff, even though it's grainy, grainy or maybe, you know, the best quality or not the best quality. It's still good content. It's still interesting to watch. And you can look back and see how far you've come. Right. And that's the other beautiful thing about it. Um, 
my buddy uh, Kelly Donahue Piro, she's like, I don't care if I if I you know sneeze in the video or you know if I do something goofy in the video, I'm gonna keep rolling because people like to relate to that. Yes, and they can see, oh, Mitch is real. He just burped in his video, or you know, he just you know did whatever. It doesn't matter. Or you heard his goat bad in the back. What do they? What do you call that? What do they do? What, what's that called? I, I guess it's just bad talking. Okay. I don't, I do, well, I know I'm, you, I'm, your dog barks, your cat meows. What's your goat do? Bad. No. Okay. It, yeah, they do bad. They're like a sheep. They, they do okay. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, they do. So if you hear that goat in the background is what I was getting at. Another detour, squirrels. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, it, the point of that is it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to yes. spend hours editing every second of the video. Raw video is sometimes better. I don't cut edit, do anything with any of my podcasts, period. You know, uh, I, I record and go because I don't, I, I want that raw. I want that, you know, to go out like that. So again, um, if you're thinking about doing this uh, and being, you know, uh, use that as a marketing piece like Mitch is doing, you don't have to spend hours on hours and take away from what you're doing every yeah. day. Fun, fun app. If you're listening to this, if you don't have video shop, Okay, Video Shop is a free app platform. I'm going to tell you something that that, that they don't advertise, obviously, because it's free. Okay, so when you say you took a video of you talking about personal auto insurance, okay, and it's a minute, two minutes long, you can upload this video to Video Shop app, okay, and they have a, when you edit the video, you can put stickers. Stickers is a way for them to hide, to put a photo of your logo that has a transparent background on it. So you can brand it. They don't tell you about it okay you got to find it so you hit the stickers button add the photo you got to watch a 15 second ad sign me up great okay i'll put my phone down for 15 seconds pedal on something else video's done good the first and i always have like a seven minute or seven second video somewhere on my phone because when you save that and i'll upload that to the front of the video so i'll edit my first video or the video i want and i'll take that seven second clip and put it on the front save it to my phone. The reason why I do that, because the first six seconds of a video shop video that you save on your phone has video shop brain on the top right hand corner, just the first six seconds, not the full two minutes. Okay. So then what I'll do is now I got it on my phone. I can trim it on my iPhone to where that six seconds, seven seconds is gone. My video starts, save video, no branding for them, no free advertising for them. Your logo is on the bottom right hand corner and you've got a piece of content that you can share to Facebook and Instagram. It's that easy. That's honestly. beautiful. Well, if Mitch was looking to get uh, sponsored by them, he just lost it. From I'm yeah, just kidding. Or, no. or, or we're all going to have next week when 200, the, the full video now has a video shot. <laughs> on top you it. just blew it for all of us. Uh, y'all you know, all cuss him out. For, no, I'm kidding. No, that was awesome. No, I appreciate it. That's the kind of stuff that uh, I need the audience to hear. And that's why I invited you to Insurance Town to come hang out with us. You know, what I want to do uh, is I want to give you uh, the keys to the city uh, for the next, uh, or the town, for the next, you know, minute or two, three minutes, whatever it is. I'm going to hit mute, shut up for a minute, and let you take the floor, talk about whatever you want to talk about. You could educate us, inspire us. Uh, you know, whatever you want. I want to give you that time. Uh, if there's anything you want to stand on, any platform you want to go on, I don't care what you talk about. Go. Well, I guess first off, thanks for that opportunity to have the keys because I finally just got a back door key to the office here in HRM Insurance. So, dude, to, 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 to have a key for a few seconds in insurance time, I'm blessed. Um, but I guess the, the, the biggest thing that I can, I can send, send message, a message to the, to the younger generation might just be starting the insurance business is 
it, I think it just goes back to adding value and building the authority. Find someone who, who you're going to work for or who you're working with. And if you haven't shared your goals and your dreams of your career with the person that you're working for, you're wasting your time because you've got to be on the same page and they've got to be on the same page as you. Okay. If you're wanting to be an agency owner in five years and you're not, and you're not approaching your, the current agency principal owners and about what your goals are, what you want to do, how are they one going to help you learn to prepare yourself for that? Two, there might be another opportunity for you to be stay, stay with that same agency, but you've, you've, you can't be afraid to share your, your dreams or what you want to see in your career coming in the future. For me, I'd love to, I want to be an agency owner. That's, that's, that's going to happen. Okay. One way or the other, it will happen. If it wasn't for the agency I'm with and learning what they do behind the scenes, why the loss ratio and, and retention rate is so important come the end of the year when profit sharing comes out, how important that stuff is, I would, I would not know what to do. I wouldn't even know where to start. So I knew the agency I started with was here with HR Insurance and hoping to be here forever. I knew they were going to add value to me, help me learn help me become more knowledgeable, and in return, set me up for my future success, which in the end realistically sets everybody up who has been here previously for future success because the, the legacy and, the, and the, the agency continues to grow and grow and grow to where I can pass the torch on again to somebody else. Um, but if, if you're not happy with where you're at and you're, not, you're unsure on if it's something you want to do for the rest of your career, ask questions. See why. If it's that something where your boss is saying, I don't want you to do that, or I can't, you can't start your own podcast because you're, when your time's here, your time's here. He has no control of what you do outside of the office. Just like you going to the bar with your buddies on Saturday night and getting shit face drunk just because. Okay, well, you could have spent that five hours and not had a hangover the next day and worked on a podcast that you wanted to start and help build your authority. But if that, if that person you're working with isn't on, on cue with you and is not happy with you trying to do that, go. Get so, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. There's plenty of agencies out there. Find one that's going to add value to you and make you better as an insurance agent and as a human being so that you can keep the legacy going for everybody else that's been in the insurance industry for 25, 50 plus years moving forward. So I think that's the biggest thing that I can, uh, I can leave everybody with. If you're not happy, find something else to make you happy because you're not going to be, if you're not happy now, starting something new in the insurance industry, you're probably not going to be freaking happy next year or the five years or 10 years, 20 years after that. Don't just do it because it brings you money. Do it because it brings you joy and a way for you to be happy till you retire. Now, that was awesome. Thank you. Uh, tell them real quick in that with, what do you say at the end of every one of your podcasts? I'm glad you caught that. I'm, I've been waiting for someone to catch that um, because I'll say at the end, I've, I've been trying to say it at the end of any video that I make and I'll say it today because that's a true belief of, of, of mine. And because you never know who's going through something in life. You never know who that person who's behind you in McDonald's drive through who's struggling for money or whoever it may be. You have the control to make a difference in your life or someone else's life every single day. It's your choice if you don't want to do that. I tell my daughter every day before she gets out of the car to go to kindergarten, Make someone smile today. Make someone smile because you never know one, one that might be the last chance you get to see that person or you never know if that person is going through something that saying something cute to them like you look pretty today will make their day and make them more happy and smile, have a smile on their face. And that's why I love the saying, you can make a difference. And that's the truth. No, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, I, I tell my kids all the time, you know, you're making an impact every day. It's a matter if it's a positive or a negative impact. And so it goes along the same lines. But I did notice 
And that was one of the things that kept me watching and kept me in, involved over the last couple of days watching your videos is you can make a difference. I loved hearing that at the end of your episodes. So keep doing that. It's also a great little tagline for your brand and to continue. Why not have a positive brand message? It's pretty awesome. And here, here's so, something to think about too, real quick, real quick. This is good shit. You just said to put as a brand tagline. I decided to say that and to make that a, make that a tagline. Okay. There's two types of brands. There's one that you decide and there's one that you let others decide for you or you let society decide. So when you know and can decide what, what your identity is or what your brand message is, that's a good first start. But if you let society determine that or let other mentors or colleagues decide what your brand is, you're probably not going to be satisfied with what they decide. And someone's always going to judge. Someone's always going to say, put you down. Someone's always going to say you're not being successful. And someone's always going to tell you that you're not going to succeed by doing that. I'm sorry, but throw the middle finger up and do you. Do you. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Uh, before we jump off here, I want you to give out contact info. I want people to find Mitch Gibson. And I want people to be able to either email you, uh, find you on your social platforms, whatever it may be. Uh, let them know how they can find you. Because I know you're uh, you're generous with your time and you're generous with your information, and I think that's pretty awesome uh, that you will do that, especially at such a young age. Sure. So you can find me um, first off. I'm with HRM Insurance Services. We're in New Palestine, Indiana. Um, so if you're listening to this in Indiana and want to get together for lunch, drinks, whatever, give me a call. Um, you can reach me on uh, Facebook, Mitch Mitch Gibson. Um, I'm on Instagram. I've got three different Instagram pages. One's going to be just a personal page. That's Mitch underscore Gibson 24. My quote unquote business, Mr. Professional page is Mitch R Gibson. Um, and then uh, the podcast is inside Hancock County. And then you can look it up inside Hancock County podcast with Mitch Gibson and it'll pop up. It's only inside Hancock County a domain in, in Hancock County. So it's pretty, a pretty good way for me to be able to identify myself. So feel free to look it up. Feel free to shoot me a DM. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all the social media platforms. Um, you know, I think the big thing that I've taken away from another one of the insurance shows is, and I think Bradley says it all the time, is if someone's engaging in your post, engage back. If you're not engaging back, you're not replying back, you're not messaging back, you're not going to build that authority anymore. Okay. So. Yep. I agree. Anytime they comment, comment back. Anytime yep. they uh, hit you up in the, in the, you know, chat, hit them back as quickly as you can. No, yeah, I agree. I figured that out too the hard way. And I've noticed my algorithms changing and my, uh, my, my likes and my follows changing when I started reacting, you know, instead of just, Oh, that's cool. He liked it. And now I, you know, I try to comment back. Anyhow, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I had a great time, man. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm mean, anytime you want me on and you, know, you need help. I'm always here to help. And that's, that's what this is about is helping one another. Yeah, bro. Thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for checking out my episode with Mitch Gibson. You know, if you've got an idea for your own show, reach out to my man Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. They do a great job with recording, editing, producing, all things podcast. All I got to do is hit record and then stop and send it to him and he makes me look good every week. For now, 40 episodes and we're going to continue to go. I'm looking to do 400, 500, I don't know. Anyway, Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Guys, thank you again, and I look forward to hanging out with you next week. Mm -hmm.